Blog Talk Radio. Madden Voice, three, two, one, now. What? What did you say? <laughs> you said it's time for some football. That's what you said. It's always bittersweet that summer is winding down, but it also means that football is here. So you get the good with the bad. I mean, we still got some good weather left, but, you know, the main debilitating heat for most of the country, not all the country, but for a good part of the country is probably behind us. Those 90, 90, 500-degree days is probably gone for most of the country. And that really means that we're approaching fall and football. About 30 days from uh, – about three weeks to fall, but we're about, oh, nine days – to opening kickoff, football, the most exciting sport on the planet. Sorry, soccer, but, you know, you are I doing football, bro. So I'm excited. It's me, Commissioner T, fresh off a chip to Jamaica, man. Uh-huh. Got back a couple days ago. I'm recharged. I'm refreshed. And uh, I'm ready to talk some football. Um, but you know what? Let's bring my guys on, and uh, let's rock and roll. There's a lot to discuss. We haven't done a show before, but I haven't done a show in like five, six months. So it's going to be good to have everybody back. And um, I'm actually happy to say that <laughs> we've got a full crew. And, you know, they were on time. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So we've got K-Star. We've got JB, my brother. And we've got Dr. Train. Gentlemen. Welcome to the first edition for the new year of the Madden. Yo, what up, man? <laughs> Time to What's good, good fellas? Not the exciting season. Right, Let's it. get it. It's like being home again. You know what I mean? It's like I'm home. It's just like I felt when I got home late Saturday night from my trip. It was like, ah, I'm home. <laughs> Oh, and now I'm back on the show with my boys. Football's a little over a week away, and I'm home. But you know, since we've been doing this for so long, we're gonna skip all the long introductions. Let's just let's just get it. And I think Strange just said, "Let's get it. Let's get it." I, we need to dive in to the to the to the story of the week, the weekend, the story of the year. Um, probably one of the biggest football stories in a very long time. Frankly, one of the biggest sports stories in a very long time. And 
we need to dig into this Andrew Luck retirement. I've been watching a lot about it over the last couple of days. Um, as, as I'm sure, unless you live under a rock, as people know, uh, um, Saturday, uh, Adam Schefter reported that Andrew Luck is going to announce his retirement. And, you know, Schefter's doing his job, but apparently it was done during their game. <laughs> And so, obviously, now everybody's got cell phones, everybody's got social media, and literally they have video of people seeing this during the game. Luck was going to announce it at a press conference on Sunday, but because it came out Saturday night, uh, he was forced to uh, to make his, his Sunday speech kind of impromptu Saturday night at the end of the game. And, you know, there's, there's, there's video of him walking off and people booing and there's people in the stands taking off their jerseys and, you know, very, very passionate reaction from people about this retirement. Um, but, you know, none more passionate than our very own K-Star, who, as, may, as, as, as many of us know, um, used to live out, used to live, you know, in that area. And, um, you know, he, he moved, but um, he used to live out in that area. And uh, he had a, a pretty strong reaction to uh, to the retirement. And, uh, you know, most of his tweets, you know, no one really cares because it's him. But this particular tweet, um, there were a lot of people that had something to say, including me, of course, as I can. Uh, but I also said, you know, we'll deal with it on Tuesday. And so I, I want to read the tweet, and then I want to give K-Star an opportunity to, um, you know, either, you know, retract or defend or expand. But this is the tweet from our very own K-Star, and uh, he's Ali Quick, two Ks, in case anybody out there wants to follow him. He ain't got a lot of followers, so I suggest all y'all go follow him, give him some love, you know. He's actually kind of entertaining on Twitter at times. When he's not talking politics, he's pretty entertaining. But anyway. Um, but this is case starts. Uh, after thinking about this, Andrew Luck is a total a-hole for quitting, and he didn't say a-hole, I am, for quitting on his team two weeks before the season. This man should have played the year out and let the team know his plan. The selfishness, his word, is unreal. Okay? So, case star. Um, now, you did that a couple days ago. And, you know, mm-hmm. have you had to think about it? Do you still feel that way? Do you want to expand on it? Do you want to retract it? How do you feel now? It's been a couple of days since you made that tweet. Well, that was the second tweet to my re- to the reaction. Um, just for context's sake, I want to put up my first. The first reaction I had was, Andrew Luck is retired. He's bad for the league, but I hope he gets whatever relief and help he needs. Um, so the context of it is, at that time, with the information at hand, we only knew that he was retiring due to mental fatigue because we only had Schefter's tweet, unfortunately, to go off of. Um, and with what, you know, at first I was like, holy crap, like, obviously, you know, it must be pretty significant for him to want to retire. Um, and I was sympathetic towards it. But when, at the information that I had available to me that night, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, why, why do this? two weeks before the season, that seems kind of demoralizing to a team of 52 other people. You know, it's a 53-man roster, not one. 
And so under the context of it being mental fatigue and not a physical injury, yeah, I thought it would be a total dickhead move to the other to his other teammates um, with that information at hand. Now, since then, it seems to me that there might have been a season potential season-ending injury that he may have uh, been dealing with this year. And if that is the case, that hasn't been confirmed, but if that's the case, then, yeah, I retract what I said because he wouldn't have been available uh, anyway. So maybe he knew something um, that just wasn't leaked to the media outside of retirement about his injury that was unbeknownst at the time. So for me, it's real simple. If First of all, he has the right to retire. Not at all uh, the, the point of the tweet. It's more or less, okay, well, what about the other guys on the team? And for the other guys on the team, if Andrew Luck, was indeed questionable for week one, then I think it's a really terrible thing to do uh, two weeks before the season. I'm going to tell you why. So as much crap as we give Ben Roethlisberger for being quote-unquote dramatic, he has let the Steelers know many times over the past couple of years he has thought about retiring. And so the Steelers, to prepare for that, you know, have drafted a couple of quarterbacks in the second and third rounds and have made arrangements. Um, so if, if Andrew Luck didn't communicate out to the team ahead of time, then yes, I think that's a really tough thing to do to a franchise uh, that honestly are, are really relying upon the player, uh, especially if that player has given them no uh, information of, you know, ahead of time to let them know what their plans were. So let me, let me, let me just ask you a couple questions and I'll bring the guys in. So everything that you've said pretty much talks about, how the team would react, how the team feels, right? So if, if he if he felt this, what about the team? What about him as a human being, as a person? What, what about his livelihood and how he feels about his future and everything that he's gone through the last three or four years to try to be that top-flight quarterback, and now he gets injured again? And I don't really care whether he knew or didn't know if he doesn't feel like he has it in him to go through another rehab and another, you know, let's see what happens and, okay, you know, here we go again. And now he's thinking, I keep getting injured. I've got a family. Like, you know, I need to take care of me. Because as we know, football isn't going to take care of you. Football will pay you to do your job. But they will use you as we have seen, until you can't be used. And you, Case Bar, of all people, dealt with a top running back who sat out a year and said, oh, hell no. You're not going to give me 400-plus touches a year and not give me a long-term contract. So if that's how you want to play this, I'm not playing for you because you're not thinking about me. You're thinking about yourself. So I'm going to sit over here, and y'all have a choice. You give me a long contract or I'm out of here. Steelers, to their credit, said, fuck you. <laughs> we ain't paying you no long contract. And Bell said, okay, fuck you too. And Bell is not with the Jets. And everybody has moved on. I'm dealing with the same thing in Dallas, where Zeke pretty much is saying the same thing. I ain't going to play without a new contract. And what this is all about is this is a violent sport. Go get in your car and drive it against a brick wall 30 times and do that once a week for 17 weeks. That's football. And you, 
these guys are saying, hey, wait a minute. I understand this is a team sport, and I have an obligation to the team, but I have an obligation to myself because at some point I'm going to play football for five or ten, and if I'm, if I'm Tom Brady or Emmett Smith or, you know, Walter Payton or an exceptional athlete, maybe 15 years. I got to live another 50 after that. And I need to make sure that I am healthy and functional after this. So if I'm giving myself, if I'm putting myself out there, either one, pay me, which is what Bell and Zeke are saying, or two, if you are paying me, Luck is saying, okay, you're paying me, I need to make sure that I can keep doing this. And I'm asking you, is where in your, even if he didn't know it was a season-ending injury, but knew it was serious, just didn't know, why, why does he have to put himself through this again? If he does, Isn't it worse for him to try to do it if he just knows he can't? I just can't get myself to go through this rehab and this process all over again. I can't. I don't have it in me. Isn't that worse? Um, worse for whom? The team for, or for, for him personally? Team. Because I think that's what it matters. For him well, or for the team? Well, for him, obviously that would be worse. For the team, I think that a healthy-ish Andrew Luck is better than a not healthy Andrew Luck. Um, now, again, questionable week one is a lot different than could be out a month or two months. And I'm all, I'm, and here's the thing, right? Like he has a right to do what he wants. I'm all for him doing that. But my Discomfort would lie in, in if he knew this ahead of time, because I don't think this is something that you know is discussed or or made a snap decision of um, just because he got you know injured. I think this is something that he probably had thought about, given great consideration too. This is a guy who, from all accounts, is, seems to be pretty thoughtful. Um, if he did not give the team some sort of idea or, or notice that this was within the range of outcomes for him going into the season, I think that's, that's wrong because you do have players who have, who have done that. And the reason why I think Andrew Luck, and, and I agree that he has put his body through so much and he is a terrible former general manager to, to blame for that. Um, but the current team that they have actually does have a really good offensive line. It, it had a potential shot at being a Super Bowl contender. So, I mean, as far as the football problems that he previously had, they're no longer there in terms of team construct and, and, and those sort of things. But again, right? Like if he knew ahead of, I think he knew about it ahead of time. If he knew about it ahead of time, I just think it's, it's, it's self-serving and not at all considering about other people that it could impact within the team, within the franchise, within the city and so on and so forth. If he knew ahead of time, which I think he probably did. Okay. And I'm from there, and I, I love. I do. I, I do want to say, by the way, I do want to say I, I love Andrew Luck. So it was, it was bittersweet seeing it because I, I support the guy. He's been through so much. I follow his career closely. Uh, again, it's just there's so many different circumstances where other players have have given team notice or or something to that degree. And if there was no notice, again, we are we don't know. But if there was no heads up or, or any sort of warning ahead of time, it just it puts the players and the team in a really tough spot. I have more, but I'm going to defer because, you know, I want JB or Train to get in here with their thoughts. So I don't care who goes next. You guys fight it out. 
let, let me jump in on this because I'm going to make it a little personal. So to add to the context of what's going on. So, okay, so let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a situation where you've given it your all and then you realize you can't give it anymore and you just, you just stop? I'm sure. I'm, I'm probably so, but there are also times where I know that I had to push through because it was more than just about me, you know, whether it was work whether it was for family and, and making decisions to move elsewhere and, and make some, you know, relationships work that maybe is not best for me, but best for someone else. I mean, yeah, I've done that. All right. Does so that mean I'm because, No. No, and, but what I think you're, you're missing still is the, the human element in all of this, because whether he knew months ago, weeks ago, or days ago, really doesn't matter. He's listening to what his body is telling him, and his body's saying, I can't do it, or if his mental has said, I can't do this anymore, he's, he's got to stop. And you would rather have an Andrew Luck out there that's fully committed than partially committed. If your head is not in, in the pro football, you don't have any business being out there. We had this discussion, I think it was last season, I can't remember who it was, we were talking about the guy that quit in the middle of the of the game. Now, he didn't do it the right way. He could have figured out another way to do it. But the, fa- the fact of the matter is, when when he was done, he was done. That's a different set of circumstances, but the fact still remains. If your head isn't in it, you don't belong on the football field. And it was quite clear, Luck's head is not in it anymore because of all the damage his body has taken over the years. And, and, and I'm, I'm surprised that you would go that route because – He's given up his entire body these seven years that he's been with the Colts. And you're right. I put the blame on Grigson because he never had an offensive line that could protect him and never had enough weapons out there for him to get the ball out of his hands. Luck is a competitor, and we've all seen him play football. He is truly a football player, so he's going to give it 100%. But when your body is – you're constantly going through the the injury, the rehab, and do it all over again, I've had – uh, shoulder surgery, I've had ankle surgery and and these are minor things compared to what he went through and I got tired of it so I can only imagine the grind he's going through. You don't know when you've had enough until you've had enough. I'll make it personal for you. I was married once tried to make it work. T knows all about it. It got to the point where I, enough was enough. I couldn't do it anymore. Couldn't do it anymore. Had to get out. That's what he's saying. He loves the game of football, but he can't do it anymore because he's tired of the grind. has really nothing to do about the the team and, and Super Bowl aspirations, and he's got offensive line in front of him. He's got weapons and all that stuff. Hey, that's great. That's fine and dandy. But if, you're, if your mental is saying you can't do it, you just can't do it. All right. Great. So. So I, I I heard quite a bit of uh, uh, the one part that I I won't repeat anything that I've, that I've heard. I, I I totally agree with 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 uh, little bit brother Jay and some of the things uh, he had asked you about. I guess the one thing uh, that I'll that I'll add on is when you say uh, you know when you use the word selfish and then you say he's not thinking about his team and things like that, um, I don't think you have a good point of reference or anybody else has a good point of reference to say he's not. Um, it's not an easy decision to walk away from something that you love. I think we can all attest to making difficult decisions from walking away from something that we really wanted to work out. And to say that 
you're not thinking about all parties involved, um, but actually being correct. I think he did think about his team, the fans, and all of that, which makes it a very difficult decision to walk away from a game that he enjoys playing. And if you can't do it anymore, you can't do it. I mean, and for all of us who've never played professional football and got out there and pounded our bodies over 16 regular season games against people who really are looking to tear your head off, and they might they probably like you, but it's their job to put you on the ground, um, I don't think we have a whole lot we should be saying other than, damn, I'm going to miss you. Uh, much respect, and uh, hope life is okay for you after, after football. But, man, I'm going to miss, miss seeing you on the field. You know, I think we kind of need the fans and and others alike need to kind of put themselves in check uh, when it comes to criticism for something that they have not done. Now, if you're talking about those who have played the sport, I think from their perspective, they can't do any but respect the decisions. You got folks, you got people that can't even operate after retiring. They can't even function properly. Dude, you can't you can't anything but respect the man's decision to walk away when his when his body and his mind is telling him to do so. So let me add just one thing, uh-huh. K Star. Just one thing for everyone. You know, we're sitting here talking about it. Um I've seen plenty of shows and athletes' responses and retired people's responses. And now let's just take a minute. Jay hit on the point that the previous general manager was crap. We all know that. Didn't protect Andrew Luck. We all know that. That, that. There's no secret there. Now, he's finally got a team around him, right? He's finally got okay, – they made the playoffs last year. They're, they look like they're a Super Bowl contender. Can you just imagine how he must feel? He's finally got an offensive mm-hmm. line. He's finally got mm-hmm. a team that can actually make noise. And and even with that, he still says mm-hmm. no mom. Yeah. Like like and we know this guy's a competitor. I mean, K Star, you said it ain't nothing personal. You love the guy. Andrew Luck, to me, as far as as far as leadership, you know, we talked about Ben and we talked about Cam Newton and we talked about some of the top quarterbacks and their lack of leadership at times. You can't say that about this guy. This guy is, he's like, he is like the second coming of Peyton Manning on a lot of levels. And for him, knowing the quality of his team, it's not like he, this was three years ago. He's got a crappy team, and he's like, I ain't going to go out there and get beat up no more. He's got a good team, and he still says, I can't do it. I mean, for me, that means, man, and the fact that he waited this long wasn't because he wasn't thinking about the team. It was because he wanted to play. He wants to play, but he realized I, my heart is my heart wants to do it, but my brain is telling my body I just can't do it. So I just want to throw that out there. Go ahead, K Star. Yeah, I think all the points you guys made were well taken, and I agree with a lot of them. I just think this is something where a few things can be true at once. You know, I have so much respect for Andrew Luck and the player, and but seems to be a good guy that he is. And I, I wish him well, and I understand why he's retiring. But, you know, the fact of the matter is it does impact other people. We're quite aware of that. And it does so at an unfortunate time. It's like 
going into, you know, if I were engaged to a beautiful woman and we have been playing on this for years, we've been together for years, and two weeks before the wedding, I dip out. You know, you have other people that made travel plans, accommodations, so on and so forth. And now, been there, done obviously, that, been there, make the made. I made in my entire life. <laughs> Yeah, hold on. Hold on. I'm not but saying, it ain't meant to be, man. It ain't meant to be. Don't force it. And that's true. And that's true. But you know what, Train? My 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 consideration to this is, I have a feeling he probably knew it wasn't meant to be for a little longer than, you know, just this past injury. I think that, I don't know, but that's it where, seems that's logical to me. And, and that's why I disagree with you because you're trying to force you're trying to force in that he knew, he knew, he knew. How you didn't know this man just simply wasn't trying to stick it out? Like for him to All wait true. this long, I would, I would, for him to wait this long and and seeing the Andrew look that we saw play for seven years, seeing him take shots, seeing him run the ball when the pocket closed in on him, taking hits, trying to trying to get Running his system, doing everything he can, putting everything on the field. For him to wait this long says. This dude, to me, it says he really did try. Like, he didn't want to leave. He was like, yeah. damn, I can't do this. Is, this is frustrating. I can't do it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't I can't do nothing but go by his words, but I remember him making a statement saying, basically saying, I just realized, you know, through all the years of the injuries and the injuries, I'm trying to heal, and it's just not healing. And I just realized it's not going to heal unless I stop playing Dude, that's yeah. I mean, what else you want him to say? <laughs> it's just a realization like there's no way I'm gonna get better unless I stop. If I keep playing, it's gonna get you're gonna have so, the same you have the same headline every year. Where Andrew look be ready for week one. Where Andrew look be ready for week one. Bro. Yeah. No, I get it. The one thing that, so Somewhat of a point of comparison I, I'm thinking of is now it may not have been the best decision, but the Brett Favre's final, final, final year in Minnesota that went so poorly. He went on to play when he knew he probably shouldn't, right? And the reason he cited for doing that, I don't know how well you guys remember this, um, is because he did not want to let the other people around him down. He made a he made a, a, a commitment and knew that was important to these other guys. He gave him his word. He worked out with them, all those things. And in hindsight, perhaps he you know may should not have done that. But to him, that principle was important enough to at least see it through one final time. Now, if Andrew couldn't go, he couldn't go, man. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it'd be nice to know more about the injury stuff. I think that probably played a big factor into it because he's such a tough guy. Um. But, I mean, again, both things can be true. Like, we wish him well and everything, but also the timing does kind of speak for the Indianapolis Colts as a team right now going into the season with without one of the best players in the league leading them. You know, that's a tough thing to do, I'm sure, for those other 52. Based on, I still think well, you're missing the point when you, when you bring in Favre and whatnot. Uh, again, we're talking about someone who's hasn't even gotten through the start of the season yet, and you don't know what straw can break the camel's back. Again, dude's been injured quite a bit over the last few years. Now he's got this ankle, calf, Achilles, whatever injury. And sometimes it's not worth it to go through another full season when you already have talked about being in this repetitive cycle that you're trying to get yourself out of. And he can see himself in it again. So 
I, I kind of see where you're going with the Brett Favre comparison, but I don't because the the two aren't the same. Brett Favre may have had a loss for, for love of the game. Maybe that's why he decided to hang it up. This is more of a, a mental thing where he is already hurt and doesn't want to continue to go through this constant cycle all over again. I can clear the Brett Favre. Well, Brett, Brett, Brett didn't want to play his final year. He ended up playing anyway because he gave yeah. his edges. Brett, That's Brett, didn't want to go, Brett didn't want to consistently go through training camp. That was Brett Favre. Yeah. He said that himself. Because the body was tired. The constant preparing yeah. for, the, for going through the preparation for the season, he didn't want to do that anymore. That's pretty and, much and that's, what he didn't that when he was young. Being done. And, yeah. and, and to me, that's different than what, what luck is going Yeah, through. it is. It very much so is. Well, there's there's commonalities. The point is, though, Brad, at the end of it, he said the reason why he chose to play that last year, though he did not want to, was because he did not want to let other people down. Now, you can argue that was a bad decision, but I think it was a, a noble one because he realized that some things are bigger than self, you know, when you have other people relying on you. And if he could just get through the season as he did, and it was a bad – it was a really bad last season for him. Don't get me wrong. But, but, um, to him, that was, to him, that was more important. But that was my dad. It was physical. Brett Favre was a beaten man, bro. Do you not remember the NFC yeah, Championship yeah, game against the Saints? I, he was beaten up. It was both physical and mental. I, I I hear what you're saying, but I'm like, when you got a great player like that, it's always going to be like, we're not ready for him to go. We're not ready for him to go. Freaking look at Tom Brady consistently coming back. Everybody's waiting on that clip. They're waiting on that clip. They're waiting on that clip while he's still winning through bowls. People are still waiting on that clip. So it's like, yeah. Coming back, he's gonna come back again. He's coming back. We don't want to lose this guy. <laughs> Look at Big Ben. All this talk about retiring, but yet he keeps coming back. He keeps coming back. He, you're yeah. gonna have that when you have a very good player in a position. That's not the same thing yeah. as a player who just can't get over the freaking injury bug, and he's in pain through the entire season. There's always a question mark: Will he be there? Will he be ready for Week One? Yeah. But yet he says to constantly fight and fight and fight the pain. These guys ain't fighting pain. <laughs> They're just but, trying but to Trent, make it you know, well, when it's been my last time. Trent, you don't even have to go that far, though. You don't even have to go that far. It's really about the individual and how much they can take. Yes. And and, yes, and it really Andrew is. Luck said, I can't do it anymore. And if he's saying he can't do it anymore, his, his mental is just not there for it, we are not the people to judge him. Period. The, the coaching staff shouldn't judge him. His players shouldn't judge him. The fans shouldn't judge him because I wouldn't want him out there if his mental isn't there. So if he says, I can't do it because of the repetitive cycle that I'm in, I can't get over this mental hump that I'm in right now, I can't get past it, then, then he's doing everybody else a favor and getting out of there before he does real damage to himself or real damage to somebody on his team. That's the part that we're trying to really hone in on right now. Well, yeah. You know, again, I get I, it. I, I don't I, disagree I, with I, it. I got booted somehow. I don't know, but good. Um, oh, what's let, let me add one thing, and I don't know. I don't know if it was covered while I was unable to hear anything. But uh, K Star mentioned Brett Favre and yep. Brett's last mm-hmm. season, and I remember the last season because Minnesota did, did did a number on Dallas, but. Um, do you, do you recall before he left Green Bay how the last three seasons he flirted with retirement and and kept stringing Green Bay along until 
Ted Thompson finally said, okay, we're not going to continue to play this game with you. Um, if you can't commit to us, then we're moving on. And then Green Bay said, we're moving on, got rid of Favre, traded him, and brought it, you know, and gave uh, Aaron Rodgers the job. Yes, so, they, were, they were prepared. Well, they, they, they were prepared, but even being prepared, they gave three seasons. And each year he kept saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Now, luck yeah, to credit. Yeah, and, 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 and now, Favre played a lot longer. Ben played a lot longer. But, you know, luck to his credit didn't play the maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't game. He just said, look, can't do it. You know, I, I, I just can't. Yeah. And I think, especially for all of us fans that sit on the sidelines and feel like, you know, I had him on my, the other league I'm in, I had him on my fantasy football team, and I dropped him. And I thought about keeping him and stashing him in case he changed his mind. Well, I mean, it's not that serious. Bye. Like, people, people feel like, oh, I'm a fan. You just hurt my Super Bowl chances. I'm pissed off. I'm a fan. I play fantasy football. Now I got to do something. I got to redo my draft. Even O.J. Simpson said, oh, I wish you had said something. <laughs> shut up. I wish you right, had said something go. before I yeah. drafted you. Like, everybody, you know, you know, like, like who was it that said? I think it was uh, uh, RG3 said, you know, we're, we're humans. We're people. You know, we're not robots. We're not machines. We're people. And, we, you know, like, we're not, in, you know, we, 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 we hurt just like everybody else. And I think sometimes – we have we put unrealistic expectations on a professional athlete because they're a professional athlete, and we forget mm-hmm. that they're human first, and that athlete part is their job. Right. And mm-hmm. anybody has a right to quit their job. Anybody has a right to say, "I'm I'm leaving my job." I don't care what the job is, what you're doing. It's your right to say, I don't want to do this job anymore, regardless of the reason. And for us, I think we thank him for his years of service. We thank him for, you know, everything he did to try to come back and play. And we wish him well. And who knows? He might oh, yeah, absolutely. Years. He might. I think he that's might. why they kind of let him He's keep so playing. young. <laughs> He's so yeah. young. You know, he can chase they went 37 years old and said, no, man, this seems too damn good. I got to come back and play. You know, Troy Aikman yeah. was approached to play after he retired because of the concussion and said he was very close to coming back and playing. I don't remember what team it was, but Miami. a year yeah. after he Miami. retired. Miami. And yep. he was very close to coming back and playing. So who knows what the future is going to bring? But I just think everybody's got to lighten up and respect the man's decision. Doug Gottlieb went off on him. And Troy Aikman, I don't know if y'all saw that on Twitter, but Doug Gottlieb is on this one. And, you know, and Troy Aikman, who also works for Spock, ripped him for his comments on, on, um, look, I'm going to try to find that because that was actually pretty good. I'm pretty sure he was making he a joke. To I'm pretty sure he was making a trolley joke. Doug, I'm sorry, I didn't care. Uh, he, he responded uh, to who, Troy Eggman responded to whose comment on Twitter? Doug Gottlieb, who's a analyst. He like he fills in for Colin Cowherd and um Okay. Uh 
All right, so Doug Gottlieb said, retiring because rehabbing is too hard is the most millennial thing ever. Wow. <laughs> and Troy Aikman. Damn. Hey, that's a joke, bro. <laughs> I don't think that was a joke. I think God, I know Scott Lee No, I think he meant it. Um, oh, I think he was just trolling. And Troy who works for the same company, says that's total bullshit, Doug. What qualifies you to decide how someone should live their life? So now you're the authority on what motivates Andrew Luck, and if his decisions don't fit into what you think is best for him, then you rip him. Guess that keeps you employed on FS1. Nice. <laughs> so. Oh. Woo. He said what he had to say. Yeah, and Troy don't really trade one to say much. No, but he does yeah, hate I mean, Skip Bayless. I know that. Oh, he can't stand Skip Bayless. I do know the. Yeah, so he's not like other, FS1. <laughs> he likes FS1 guys too much. So I do know the other thing that had been mentioned that we had made a. I don't, I don't know if anyone heard heard it. I'm sure you heard it in in one of these analysts out of some of these analysts' mouths when they started talking about. The amount of money that he's walking away from and he's set to lose. Yeah. I'm just thinking to these folks like, is that is that all? Like, y'all y'all think that's what it's all about? The amount of money that he's walking away from, as if he don't have millions already. Right. I, I mean, really? You got paid anyway. That that's so important for you to stay in the pain that you're in because you're getting another 58 million to do something. Get yourself. You get another 58 million. Y'all know the phrase can't put a price on peace of mind. Well, I think some of the people used it to say he was dumb. I do think some of the people used it to say, wow, just like I said, he walked away from a Super Bowl sending team. There were some people that said, this is serious for him to leave that much money on the table. Like, this is no joke, Mm -hmm. you know, for him to do that. So there there was both. I saw saw both. You know, it's very interesting when you when you listen to the analysts and then you listen to the former players and not and not yeah. yet have I seen not yet have I seen one former player or current player rip him for retirement. The people that rip him are ones that never played pro football. So that should right. tell you something. You know? Because we could I mean I played I, I played, you know, on, on a low level. I didn't even play college. So, you know, a lot of us played football growing up, but that ain't like playing your whole livelihood is football. Get up in the morning and football, go to bed at night is football. We don't know what that feels like. So, you know, hey, I don't blame the guy. He's made $125 million, so he's set financially. He don't want to put his body through it no more. God bless him. I've heard some former former players turn analysts like, not necessarily complete or rippling, but when when you listen to them talk, it's almost like that. They don't understand. It's like not 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 the I I, I understand you're good. It's like the really, bro. Like you really you really did that. So it's not necessarily <laughs> ripping them, but it's more like did you really just do that? So and, and that's, that's what I get from the way that they talk. Yeah, I mean, a lot of players wouldn't do it. I mean, it's it's rare for a reason, right? This is, I mean, how often has this happened? This is such a rare spectacle. Um, but I mean, since at the end of it, for me, it's like, okay, well, it's it's really bold, right? Like, I I, I do have a lot of respect for him leaving. I, I do want to say that I'm not trying to to bash him. I just wonder if the team could have known ahead of time. But that's neither here nor there at the moment. 
I do respect him for making what likely was a pretty unpopular decision. Um, it must have been really tough. So I, I, I definitely understand that. And I really hope he gets the mental peace and physical healing he obviously uh, desires. And I don't know, like you guys said, maybe he'll come back one day. He's so young. We'll see. If he does, that'd be awesome. If not, I hope he does really well. He was a great it's his person in the community of Indianapolis as well. It's his decision no matter what. And he knows what's like best said. for him, and he knows what's best for his family. He's got to make that decision. I, don't, I have zero problem with it. It's sad to not see him out there because I enjoy watching him. But he's yeah, got to yeah. do what's best for himself, period. And and nobody should dispute that. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, I guess for this one, we'll say stay tuned. Um <laughs> I, I have a funny feeling this is not the end of this chapter. Something tells me. Um, you know, I think that, that, that you know, I, I look at Jason Witten as a recent example of a guy who hung it up, got up, got upstairs in the booth, did it for a year, but all accounts was average. Um, I think it was a little unfair because I think they're comparing him to Tony Romo who just, who just happened to, you know, sometimes you just you find something that you're really good at. And uh, yep. Tony, it, you know, it worked for Tony. It didn't work for Emmett Smith, the Jerry Rice, or a lot of other superstar uh, or, or Hall of Fame athletes that just couldn't really commentate, couldn't do it. Um, Tony just, he, 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 he's, he can do it. Um, I think Jason, given time, would have been better. But all the time. He didn't do a great job his one year on Monday Night Football. And, um, you know, he still has something left in the tank. He said, you know what? They don't really have a, a, a tight end that I, I feel as though I'm going to be stopping their progress. I'm going to see if I can go and get my whole job back. And, of course, Dallas said, yeah, come on back. It happens. I, I would say let's stay tuned. It would not surprise me, particularly if Jacoby Brissett, you know, if Dak Prescott had fallen flat on his face, I think we would have seen Tony Romo come back. With Dak Prescott taking that team to 13-3 and three that year and winning a playoff game, you know, Tony's like, hey, he pretty much did what I did in one season. I took me 12. He already matched me. I'm, I'm good. And I think if, if Jacoby Brissett cannot, with this quality of the team, make noise, don't be surprised. A year from now, if we're talking about Andrew Luck's been working out and, you know, you start hearing little rumors that Andrew Luck's working out, throwing the football around, and he's totally healthy and blah, blah, yeah, let's see what happens. Wouldn't shock me one bit. So, all right. So that's Andrew Luck. Good talk. What else we got? Now, you know, what I had to ask is for you guys to come up with something. I got something, but I'm going to hold mine. Um and I'll ask for any of you guys, anything you guys would like to talk with. We haven't done a show in a while. There's been so much going on in the NFL, and I didn't want to restrict us, so I wanted it to be open. So who has something they really want to suggest or something they really want to discuss? Uh, I, I got – actually, I've got a couple of items, but one well, one I'm not going to touch. One I might, so maybe three. I want to know – I want to keep it in our division, T. I want to talk about – Eli Manning and Daniel Jones and and what your thoughts are on all of that because I've I've got some opinions on it myself um, and I'll just shoot those out right now 
everybody keeps talking about Daniel Jones and his performance in the preseason and, and how he's going to potentially oust Eli within a few games after the season starts. And, and, the, and the, the comments that, that Pat Shermer made, I think it was last weekend after the, uh, the last performance that, that uh, Daniel Jones had, basically sticking his chest out, stating this is why we picked him. Thinking to myself, this is the preseason. He's playing against second and third stringers. He should look the part. You drafted him six. You must have thought something. He should look the part. Doesn't mean he's going to be the heir apparent overnight. Doesn't mean he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But I feel as though some folks are putting him on this pedestal unnecessarily. If he's that great of a quarterback that you think he is, then bench Eli and start in week one, and let's see what you really got. What's the folks' thoughts on that one? I, I'll just say um, this. Go ahead, T. This is your division. This is your division. Well, I, I, I'm just going to say I, I, I agree with JB. I think that I think you know, and I, and I hate to keep going back to Andrew Luck, but I think there's such a lack of loyalty in football that when you expect loyalty from a player, it's almost like why when you're not I mean, Eli has. Like, don't get me wrong. I know Eli has declined. I know, I know he has. And as a Cowboys fan, I'm thrilled about it. But as a football fan, I don't like how he's being treated. I didn't like when when old Slickback, um, can't remember his name, probably don't need to, uh, benched him for that one game and broke his streak just being stupid. And I agree with Jack. Okay, if, if you drafted Daniel Jones to be their parent and you're – ready for this guy to take over, then just make the decision and do it. But if Eli is if, if Eli is your man, as ownership has stated, their hope they hope that Daniel Jones doesn't see the field this year, which means they're supporting Eli, will then support Eli and shut the front door. I don't I don't think Eli's that good anymore. And if I'm if I'm in a decision making power, Eli and I are having a conversation. And I'm saying, look, here, man, how you want to handle this? Got a lot of you. I don't want to bench you, but at this point, I'm ready to go to the backup. I'm ready. I'm ready to go there. I'm ready to go to jump. I'm ready to give him the team. You've had a lot of years. You haven't even made the playoffs in six of the last seven years. That's a fact. You've had the last seven years. Get us in the playoffs. You get it one time. Dallas is coming. Philly is coming. Heck, even the Redskins look like they, they might be a little better than people thought. And we're up here struggling. Bruh, you can't do it, but I respect you. So how do you want to approach this? That's what I would be doing. And then let's have that conversation. But for them to talk out of both sides of their mouth, oh, this is why we drafted the guy. Oh, yeah, but Eli, we don't want him to see the field. Oh, man, God. The lack of loyalty is disgusting. Make a decision, stick to the decision, and let's go play some football. And, if, and hey, decisions on any business
the one other point too uh, on all of that. It, it makes you wonder how much dysfunction is truly in that Giants organization. They they, they get rid of OBJ, which is a whole another story that we may touch upon later. But you wonder maybe he's got something there with with all of his complaints. The the dysfunction that we're seeing just based upon what's coming out of the coach's mouth, all that bravado that he's stating, and like T said, what upper management is stating. These these are the leaders of your organization, and they're not even on the same page. So how are you going to build a winning uh, uh, organization, a winning culture, when the upper management and, and the management of the players, which is the head coach, aren't even on the same page? This may speak volumes down the road. It may not. So if you think about free agency coming up next year, you, you, you talk about trade, you talk about certain decisions that you're going to make as an organization, players aren't going to want to go there when they see that kind of dysfunction. So maybe if it's going to be a ripple effect, maybe we'll see more from this. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll just be a drop in the pan and we'll move on. But as a player in the NFL, I'd question wanting to go there just because of what I'm seeing right now out of the coach's mouth and, and out of the uh, upper management in that organization. So a couple of – I was just going to say a couple of things. Apparently the owner is making executive decisions on the Eli Manning start. Um, I'll just say this. It's a Patriots mantra. Like, do your job. Let people do their jobs too, right? Like, had the owner of the Seattle Seahawks let the financial decisions make the, you know, make the football field, they would have ended up not playing Russell Wilson year one. Who knows how that would have uh, played out. They would have played Matt Flynn instead. It's funny. I thought of that. Daniel Jones. I thought of that that comparison. Yeah. Exactly. Like you hire these people, these coaches for a reason. They're supposed to evaluate, make the best decisions for you know the team. If you're not going to let them do that, then why have them? Um, and if Daniel Jones is a better player, he should certainly be starting week one. Now, as far as the coaches defending him and and building him up, you know I do think that's actually appropriate. I do think you can say that actually some players would like to be defended uh, when you have a whole other media outlet killing this player, Daniel Jones, as, as we all have been for the past few months since the draft. People have been destroying, you know, Daniel Jones, picking him apart as a player and saying all sorts of, you know, making all sorts of memes and playing things about the guy. So, I mean, I certainly understand. I certainly understand the Giants coaches wanting to defend him and to build this guy's confidence up. I, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, he certainly played really well this preseason. So it is just preseason. You can't deny that the kid has made some really impressive throws. Um, so I'm okay with that. But yeah, he's better. But I'm like, he's not. You know, I don't really like play, but the fact that the owner's making the decisions on the field is a <laughs> just it's just such a huge problem. You can't win like that. Okay. I'm just trying to make sure I, I understand the um, the context. Don't, uh, I, I, I think I heard you say that the, the coaches and the owner are not on the same page as far as right. D-line and Daniel Jones. It's, so right. I, I haven't I haven't heard that that context. So if someone don't mind framing that for me, but I'm here. I, I did. I, I I know I've heard that someone say they they want they they hope they, that he doesn't get feel. But I I thought that was just coming from the Giants organization as a whole. So what is the uh, the word the word is the owner Jamara wants Eli Manning to start Week One, okay. regardless of how well Daniel Jones has played, looked, 
be on that. It's a it's starting week one. Per the and the coaches owner. saying what? Not the coaches. And 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 to be clear, the owner also said he hopes Daniel Jones doesn't see the field all season. So he clearly in Eli's corner to start and to play the entire season. And and what's coming from the coaches? I mean, what's coaches are building up Daniel Jones. They're building up Daniel Jones, right? They're not tearing down Eli necessarily. But, but yeah. they're, they're going he's going overboard. In, in my opinion, it's one thing to build up your, your backup, your heir apparent. It's another thing to uh-huh. go too far. And and knowing the New York market, because he's been there before, this is not his first rodeo. He's, this is a, he's a second-year coach there, so he knows how that New York market is. You have to watch what you say a little bit more closely than, than most markets. So when you start t- sticking out your chest and having the kind of rhetoric that he has, basically – daring the, the folks that criticized them in their decision to pick up Daniel Jones because of how well he's been playing in the preseason. And my point in all of this is slow your roll, take a step back. If not, if you think he's that kind of a player, since you drafted him six, put him out there and have him start week one. If not, slow it down, say he's playing well, we're, we're proud of the progress that we're seeing, he's going to be a work in progress, but we like what we're seeing, and stop there. But he went further than that. He went above and beyond that. And that's the part that I have a problem with. And that's why I say it doesn't jive with what upper management is saying, i.e. the owner of the company is what he's saying. The two okay. don't mix. Right. Okay. Thank you. I just I just want to make sure I understood the context for our, for our respondent. Uh, so I'll use one small analogy. It's probably not necessarily purely apples for apples, but maybe green apple, red apple. Uh, so I'm sure y'all, if y'all haven't heard Y'all probably don't read trivia like I do, but there was a lot of noise about our little rookie running back after after his first preseason game, especially when they saw how he made moves on the field. But the minute the media got in front of Matt Nagy and started raving about the running back, he just looked at him like he hasn't done anything. Okay, he's still he's still a rookie, he hasn't done much. Missed all the missed all the excitement. So I get where you're coming from with the last remark you just made to say like, hey. He's 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 a rookie quarterback. He's done well. We like what he's done, but you know, still needs still needs to play. I will agree with you and T. I guess all three of y'all said pretty much the best man should hit the field because you drafted this guy really really high. It's not like you drafted him third, fourth, or fifth round. You drafted him with your top with your first first round pick when you had two first round picks which says that this next year, you know, we don't have a whole, whole lot of faith in Eli. I mean, that, that pick says it all, regardless of what they're, what each one is saying now. I think the only thing Daniel Jones has done is done just enough to quiet people a little bit about those who were like, man, that was a horrible pick. I think he's honestly looked good during the preseason. Is it enough to make him a man? Hell, I don't. I don't know. That's up for the coaches to determine. But I think for all the shit that the Giants took for drafting him, he, he's about, he's he's drafted just just a little bit. He's he's looked poised. He looked like he can make throws. Agreed. Yeah, and, and I, I 
I mean, I think I, I think we're all in the same in the same neighborhood. We may not be, yeah. you know, on the same street, but we're in the same neighborhood. And yeah. you know, for me, it's it's just I I I I live, eat, drink, and sleep loyalty. I do. You know, I think Jay will tell you, you know, we were raised together and, you know, we were raised by a family that really believed in loyalty, you know, particularly our parents. And, you know, now both of us have grown, we're out on our own doing our thing, but we've never lost those core values. And, you know, when I, wherever I go, and I know Jay's the same way, I mean, you know, I try to surround myself with people that share those same beliefs. You know, obviously when you work, you can't always do that because, you know, the other people higher ups are hiring people. But then I limit my contact if I sense that that person isn't that loyal. And so I get frustrated with sports, you know, when when it's one-sided. You know, the, 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 the team expects so much loyalty from the player, but they're not willing to give it to the player. And the player's the one literally that's putting their bodies, their lives, their careers, you know, everything on the line. Now, granted, they're getting paid, but who's really getting paid? What did Chris Rock say? You know, Shaq right. is rich. The person who pays Shaq is wealthy, right? You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, so who's really getting paid? And I just, I feel like, and again, I, as, a, as a Cowboy fan, let Eli play every game. I have no fear of Eli. I don't. But as a football fan, I don't like how he's being treated. I didn't like how Bell was treated last year. I don't like how Zeke's being treated. I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a bit. Um, I, I think there's got to be there's, there's got to be a balance. Now there are times when athletes are unreasonable. I thought Brett Favre was unreasonable. You know, there are times. I think Melvin Gordon, which was going to be my topic, believe it or not, we'll get I thought we'll get a little Cowboys stuff in there, but. I think, and I, you know what, I'm just going to segue right into my topic. And I decided not to do the Cowboys as part of this because I always talk Cowboys. We'll keep talking Cowboys. But, you know, Melvin Gordon holding out and 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 the, the word is he's prepared to sit out like Bell. My problem is he's not Bell. My problem is he's not Zeke. You know, like, you watch what Bell did. Now, maybe Zeke watched, but you know what? Zeke is on that level. You know, Zeke is we, – we, we've, we've debated it right here, and we've said pretty much over the last three years – now, Saquon's moving into this discussion, but Saquon's only did it one year. But, but I'm going to hold Saquon out just for the moment. Um, but, you know, he's worthy to be in this conversation after one year, but I want to see him do it again, and I'm sure he will. I have no doubt that Saquon's going to be a superstar and, you know, at some point maybe the best running back in the game. But we've seen Gurley, Zeke – and Bell do it for more than one season. And we've had debates on who's the best running back of those three. And that's a that's an excellent debate to have, and you can make a case for either one of those. Now, Gurley got paid, which is kind of surprising because it looked like he was a little injured the last part of that season and looked like even now they're talking about his knees might have some issues. But, hey, whatever. Gurley got paid. Good for him. Bell left. Got paid. Good for him. Zeke will get paid. But those are the three elite backs in this game. Those are the trendsetters. Those are those are the market drivers. Melvin Gordon is not that. 
And for him to want to act that way, in my opinion, he, he, you got nothing, bro. I, 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 your yeah. name of playing for that team, the Chargers, is you don't have that leverage that a Zeke has, that a Bell had. And, and Bell had leverage, and the Steelers still said, no. Bell said, hey, I'm the best back in the game. Steelers said, we agree. Bell said, pay me. Steelers said, you're going to get franchise tags. Bell said, no, I won't. So they parted ways. But Bell at least had yeah. a claim to say, I want to be paid like the best back in the league. Gurley said, I want to be paid like the best back in the league. Zeke is saying, pay me like the best back in the league. And those three guys have proved it on the field that in any given moment, one of those three can be called the best back in the NFL, period. When has Melvin Gordon ever been able to say that he's been the best back in this league? When has Melvin Gordon been a top five back in this league? Heck, I would stretch to say, is he a top ten back? I don't even I I'd have to actually go through the roster. Top five ain't happening. Because now you throw Kamara in there and Barkley in there and it's over. It's done. There you go. So is he even a top ten back in this league? And for him to sit up there and be posturing like this, bruh, hey, I get it. Do do what you think is best. But we're here to analyze, right? He's trying to act like these top athletes, these top running backs that he is not. And I think he's gonna be I think Zeke's going to get paid. They already said that he got offered to be top two running back. Um, so so we know Dallas is – they're right there. They're just working. They're right there. Zeke's going to get paid. But Gordon sitting there like he's a Zeke? Nah, bro. Nah. Sorry. So, so that's my rant. Comment, I, I thoughts, agree with agree, that. Disagree? I, 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 I 100% agree. And I'm going to tell you why, too. Because if you base it off of just this past year – well, no, excuse me. Take this past year, put it to the side. Let's look at the prior years. If I remember correctly, his first year in the league, um, he was hurt, and when he came back, didn't score any touchdowns. Yeah. The second year, I think the, the the years after that, he he played well, and I think his quote unquote breakout year was his past year. So, if you're basing everything on what you did for this one year, and now you're you're feeling the need to sit out and, and willing to miss games because you want more than the 10 million that they're given based on your, your production. If you had the kind of season all those other years like this past year, maybe a different story. But you haven't shown, in my opinion, there's not enough consistency to warrant holding out into the regular season. Combine that with the fact they've got Eckler and they've got Jackson, two formidable running backs, mind you, behind a good offensive line, and they don't need to depend on the running back position to get ahead anyway. So you've already been devalued just because of how the offense is run, and now you want to set out some games to, to make your point. I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I don't agree with you guys. Um, uh, I guess I get part of your point when you're comparing uh, the running backs across the board and you're saying – uh, should he get that type of money? Should he not get that that type of money? I I definitely think that is uh, for the boy uh, for the bait. I mean, we kind of see it in the quarterback quarterback arena when Andy Dalton and um, uh, Colin Kaepernick got paid. And hell, I didn't think they were nowhere near the four horsemen, but shit, they got paid like they were. Um, 
I think in Melvin Gordon's place, you, you're just looking at his value to that team. They're not the same team without him. I definitely don't think they're not. I don't think either. I don't think either Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson can substitute uh, for Melvin, Melvin Gordon. He had he came in. He had a rough he had a rough start. He had a good he did have a good year following that, and then last year he really had a good year. And you saw their team do well with him running well at running back. Um, I think if you are a football player, my lens is this: if you think you are worse what you are worth, and you think it's your opportunity to get your money, then go get your money because at some point you won't be worth anywhere near that. And he feel like he's at the peak where this is the time for him to get his money. Whether he should be paid top five, I, you know, that is up for debate. But as far as him getting new contract money, I think if any time for him to get it would be now. But, but Trey, you're making a comparison between quarterback and running back. Running back. No, I'm not making. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making comparison between quarterback and running back. That's not. That's not what I'm doing at all. No, no, that's that's not. But that's no. Well, I was making comparison between quarterback to quarterback, meaning when Andy Dalton and 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 and, and Colin Kaepernick got paid. They got paid as if, oh man, these are our our franchise guys. Right. But I, but I in comparison, but the, but in comparison to other four horsemen quarterbacks, I don't. Right. I'm like they right. they don't deserve that money. So so now I'm looking at the running back position, and I, I'm, I'm listening to you guys, and I feel like you guys are painting that same picture. Hey, these are the four horsemen running back. This guy's not in that group. Why is he asking for that money? That, that's that's the point that so, I make. Okay, yeah, yeah. and, I, and well, I got that the first time. So so my response to that is, but the quarterback market, we're seeing many quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford and guys that have no playoff victories getting $28, 30000000 million. Okay, Dak reportedly wanted 40. I don't know if that's true, but certainly wants to be paid. He's crazy, too. I'm going to be honest. Dak ain't a top-five quarterback. But the market for quarterbacks is paying, you know, quarterbacks that I would say are not four horsemen, not top five, maybe not even top ten, but the market exactly. is still paying them that money. In in the running back position, that's not the case. The market well, that, is but there, there is a market back. for them, though, right? No, but, but my point is, yes, he has a right to go for his money. But do you want – okay, so where are you going to end up? Because Bell, who is a – who was, is, was top two running back, made nothing last year. So he risked his future because he felt he was – he as a top running back. So he gave up a year's pay, $15 million, $14 million, $15 million to go get this contract. He's top mm-hmm. running back. Gordon is not a top running back, and the market isn't he, – he's not there, in my opinion, where the market is going to pay him the money that he's looking for. He has everything you, you, right about that. But you guys are not saying there. not – okay, but you're saying not top, top running back. I mean, is he not a dual threat at the backfield? 
Is he not? Right. Like, where, where, so, does, so, where does he fall? A, I mean, so it's Tony Pollard, and he's a rookie. There's a lot of running backs that are a dual threat out of the backfield. But if you want to get paid like Gurley, like, like you know, a top running back, running back, where the market has only paid the top running back that money, then your performance has to justify it. It's not the same as the quarterback who we can list a handful of quarterbacks See, and that's just, and that's what, and that's why, and that's why I struggle with the whole thing, which was going to be my controversial topic anyway, because I feel like quarterback salaries are ruining, are ruining teams personally. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's horrible. That that, that I, do not I, I think it is. Disagree with that statement. It is, it is, it's utterly crazy. It's, it's, it's killing teams from actually building Super Bowl teams. I mean, I don't want to get too off, too far off track, but when I look at the yeah, Dallas situation. I, when I when I look at the Dallas situation, uh, truth be told, I can understand Zeke trying to get his money, but I am not in 100% agreement with it simply because it's like, well, damn, if they if they pay you like you're number one, then if the, the market says you gotta pay Dak, he's your he's your he, he's your franchise, you gotta pay Dak, and you saw the team literally do a 180 damn near when Amari Cooper came on board. It was like, oh, shit, here they come. Uh, and, and no one how disagrees. Do, how, do, how do he put how – does, how do you put those pieces together? And I feel like the quarterback position, which they are utterly overpaying, is killing teams from actually keeping a championship team together because these guys are not – Top five or even top ten, but they've been designated as a franchise. So we're saying it's okay for the quarterback market, but it's not okay for the running back market. That's but exactly that's the life and time that we're in right, right now. now. That's the problem. I I, <laughs> I, I hear y'all. I just I, I, it says it's a double standard for me. That's all I'm saying. I just don't, I don't agree with double right. standards. You're right. Trent, I'll give, you, I'll give you an analogy that you can definitely understand. You live down there in Southern California, and Absolutely. you've seen the housing market down there, and you see the kind of houses that sell for three-quarters of a million. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in that piece now, but go ahead, yes. Exactly, because you think about it, that's really the quarterback position in the NFL. These quarterbacks got no business making this kind of money, but they are because that's what the market says they should make. Is it fair? No, I don't agree with it either. I agree with, with T. I agree with, with you and your statement. I 100% agree. But when you go back to the running back position, this is why we're saying what we're saying. And and like I said, I'll take it a step further. He is not the focal point of the offense. That offense goes through Phillip Rivers. It's an air attack. And he complements the air attack. And the two running backs that are behind him can also complement the air attack. So he is he is already in a position that is not valued very high in a, a a situation a system that also doesn't value the running back position as much as the Cowboys do because of how the offense is set. So at ten million and that's what they're offering you based upon that team and based upon the market for running backs, probably not a bad salary. All things taken into consideration, he has every right to stay out. I just don't think it's a smart thing to do. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, 
it's a, a, it's just a percentage of me that with this saying I I get you, but at the same time it's like if it's your time to get paid, I cannot argue with a brother trying to get his money when it's his time. And we're talking about the running back position, which takes more hits than anybody. Uh, probably not those on the offensive and defensive line. They really hit every single snap, but they're next to really take that punishment. You know what I'm saying? And and well, it's agree 100. percent well, But yeah, and, and go ahead. Jay. You know, while I certainly appreciate the housing market example, there's so many variables. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's you know, we're talking 32 teams, you know, a limited number of positions, and there's very there's there's very limited variables here. When you talk about buying a house in California versus Atlanta versus Jacksonville versus Bristol, man, I I mean, guys, I can talk about that all night and different variables as to why the same house in all four of our cities is going to cost drastically different prices. And it's probably a hundred variables to the the price of a house and how the market and the economy will dictate a lot of things. And and, in the NFL, there really is. It's air is expensive, bro. (laughs) <laughs> What's that? I said, air in California costs a lot, man. It's expensive. Sure do. Oh. <laughs> you hey, step man, over the I line. You, you all I want to know is, get your mortgage from Wells Fargo. That's all I want to know. Get your mortgage from Wells Fargo. I don't okay. think we did. That's all I want to know. Huh? <laughs> I said, I don't That's think it. we did. Yeah, probably not. Because you didn't call your boy. So I would have had you take a chance. <laughs> Which is NFL quarterback salaries are just obscene, 
And when we see it's what ruining. you guys are getting paid. Oh, it's ruining teams. It, it really is. I agree. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. Oh, as as much as I as much as I'm starting to like things about Mitch, and I'd love to see him grow. Look, when it's time for his contract, I think it's solely is if if he is if he is not four horseman material, when it's time for his contract, I, I he shouldn't be paid more than Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack should be the highest paid player on the Bears team for some good time now. Okay. <laughs> Probably for the next good two, three years. Just be nobody's okay. pass yeah, unless there is somebody that's good enough. Doesn't Khalil have the same contract? Name being guaranteed, I think. Something like that. It, it's, it's nothing like an average quarterback, though. It's even below that. Yeah. I mean, he's on a, he's on his rookie deal, so rookie deal, second second uh, second pick overall taken. So he's getting he's got something, but. Yeah, I I I I grimace the day that it's time to pay him if he if he sticks, and it's just like, what is it gonna do to the rest of my team? <laughs> I'm not looking yeah, forward to it. The 31 other teams saying the same thing too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 sad. It's. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, and I think we probably all could agree. Hopefully, we do. If anybody's going to deserve top dollars as a quarterback, it would be Brady because of what he has done. And he got an increase to $23 million. An increase to $23 million. Put that in perspective with some of these other uh, quarterbacks where you've got Kirk Cousins, three-year, $84 million, fair, all bro. guaranteed. That ain't fair, bro. Brady, Brady's willing to take less money because, you know, Giselle. He said that he takes more money so the team can allocate more resources to give him better chances of winning. He's got a weird. He's got a rare luxury, given his wife. <laughs> yeah, you know so what? Still, still doesn't hide the fact that he's making below average from a quarterback. I think he's what 14th or 15th highest quarterback in the league. Whether he's got yeah. to sell or not doesn't matter. Yeah, that's by design, though. I'm yeah. telling you, that's by design. Like that's his. That's his but, his but a lot of people say that. And, and and I think we're assuming a lot because we know Giselle's a supermodel and she makes a lot of money by all accounts. Kick that out of the equation. Brady. Yeah, I'm saying is I personally, I think back to Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Now, Michael's right. wife at the time was nobody. I don't mean that disrespectful. I mean, she wasn't a supermodel. And for many years, Michael took less money because Michael wanted to win. Now, near the end, they, they made up for it, and they gave him some – they got like $30 million two years in a row, and they – you know, because they had generated enough revenue where they could pay him. But those early years, that's why they were able to go out and get Dennis Rodman and, and Horace Grant and, and these, these expensive free agents because Michael didn't take top dollar. And I think mm-hmm. Tom Brady said, you know what? Yep, I, I, I'm worth more. But we need to build a team here. And if I win Super Bowls, which I know I'm capable of with a good team, oh, I'm going to build a brand. I'm going to make tons of money. Now, mm-hmm. yes, you yep. got a supermodel. He stated that publicly. may or may not have impacted his decision. But I don't know if it was just – I think a lot of it was Tom Brady. I, I've seen enough interviews. I've, I've listened to him speak enough. Maybe I get a little more coverage of him up here in New England because I'm right here in Connecticut than, than you know, the rest of the country, although – 
New England gets a lot of coverage, but I know we get it. They're always on the news up here. And I tend to think it was a lot of that being smart, saying, I want to win. And I know what it's going to take to so win. I, gotta... I think he sat down with Belichick and Kraft, and they said, hey, look, yep. we know you're worth this, but if we pay you this, then we can't go get you that. And he said, okay. So I have a quote from May of 2019. The um, reporter asked him, and this is uh, Sports Boston, NBC Sports Boston, you know why he's in the highest paid player in football. And he said, and quote, I think the thing I've always felt for me in life, winning has been a priority, and my wife makes a lot of money. I'm a lot smarter than you think. He laughed, then said, actually, it's a salary cap. You're going to spend so much, and the more that that one guy gets, it's less than others. And I'm, for competitive advantage standpoint, I like to get a lot of good players around me. I'd rather win. There you go. Oh, yeah, it's like both. So, yeah, now, emphasis the on other winning. part of that is, and the other part to the equation is Belichick has a distinct sixth sense to know when to let certain players go that's asking for that money. And and right. we look at him like he's crazy. We're like, wait, this dude just killed it for you the year before. And he's like, yeah, I'm not dropping you that money. Go ahead and find it somewhere else. And they go get it somewhere else. And the Patriots still keep on moving. He has a distinct ability to do that. I don't know if it's a superpower or what, but this shit seems to work for them. It don't work for every team, just being the but it seems man. to work for them. Just another, just another day being the greatest of all time. <laughs> it's helping me make my point because he's getting money. He's getting 23. He's still devalued compared to everybody else. Now it's really about do these players that are out there asking for thirty five and forty million, do they have the same mantra that that Brady has? Getting paid but not taken away from the team. And that's why I said earlier, these salaries that the quarterbacks are making are not just killing teams, they're killing football as a whole. Because we're not seeing the quality that we would normally see on the team if it was if the money was spread out more evenly. And he's he's still making midway of what uh, average quarterback would make, but he's got weapons around because he's conscious of the rest of the team. Not everybody can say that when they're going to the table. That's where I'm coming from. And, and you know, not to bring it back to the Cowboys, but I wish Dak Prescott would look at Tom Brady and, and learn from that because while I understand he wants to get paid, Dak has no less than 12 uh, – endorsements right now 12 if he wasn't the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys he'd probably have none or mm-hmm. maybe one okay like a local a local furniture store might bring him in okay but being being the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys I mean why do you think Tony Romo got the job he got after he retired because everybody knows Tony Romo because he was starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys now he's making a nice living you know, something that he loves, and he's moved on. I wish Dak would look at that. I wish Zeke, to some degree, would also look at that. The opportunities you get when you're in an invisible franchise, a Dallas, the Yankees, the Patriots, you know, visible, visible franchise, the Steelers even, visible franchises, you have more opportunities and can make so much more money outside of your profession because of that. And the longer you play, you can leverage that. 
And so I just I think Brady has really set a great example a great example of, you know, here's a guy who average athletic ability, let's be honest, runs at what, four nine forty, you know, like average, but very intelligent, works hard as hell, and look what he and smart. And look what he's able to accomplish. And because he's making twenty three million now, the team is stacked. And a lot of people are thinking they have a shot to go back and do it again this year. I am not one of those people, but a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, don't be surprised to see him right back again. So I, I think, I think, you know, and I, I'm not a professional athlete, but I think when you're in that position and you're LeBron James or Tom Brady or Michael Jordan or whatever, you know, I think you got to sit back and say, hey, I've got a chance to really build a legacy that like Kevin Durant. Huh? Like Kevin Durant did. That was his reasoning for going to Golden State. Kevin Durant. Right. Although, nah. question. I still question. <laughs> that, was his, that was his reason. <laughs> that he took, he that took one definitely money had nothing to do with money. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Right. He took away less money because he wanted to win titles. That was the idea. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah, say when true. I when I look at when I look at and and tell me if I'm wrong, I think uh now Zeke's situation I feel like is lacking a little bit of leverage because he hasn't gotten all his accrued seasons yet to be a free agent. Right. So if they don't pay him, if they don't pay him, he's coming back. He can't he can't afford to miss the whole season. He has to come back. Well, That's I, just where I, he I, where I, he, where I, he loses his leverage. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what his financial situation is to be able to say he can't go unpaid for a season. He's made. Uh, no, no, no. It's not. Because, no, it's not just going unpaid. T. If he does not come back and play, he loses the accrued season to become a free agent. Because that's the whole deal: getting to free agency. Players don't want to lose that because now you're locked to that team another year. You can't go anywhere. So yeah, this is his past money. He it's like he has to come back so he can get that accrued season to count towards getting to free agency. But he's he's the year just gets pushed up. Hmm? But if he doesn't play this season, the his it tolls, meaning what he was supposed to make this year he'll make next year, and what he's supposed to make next year, he'll make the year after. But until until he comes back to play, he can't get he can't get that 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 recruit season to be an unrestricted free agent. He has to get that. You can't get that unless you come back, unless you play in his position. So what if he doesn't play the next two years, hypothetically? Uh, the Cowboys will still own the rights to him. Yep. He can't so go anywhere. Just getting pushed. Just keeps getting pushed yep. forward. That's all. Yep, he would never be able to go to any other team. The only way for him to go is to be traded. Hmm. Yep. That's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. I'm going to look into that. Because this is his fourth year, right? This is his fourth year, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he's under contract for this year, next year. They could then franchise him. Um, So – Technically, they could have him for three years, two if you just count the contract by itself. But if he doesn't play, it just pushes everything forward a year. Yep. Gotcha. Well, I, I, that's interesting to know. I wasn't aware of that. But let me say this. 
I wouldn't say he has no leverage because the leverage he has is this ain't the same team without him. No, and it's not. It's not. That is the le- that is the leverage that he has. That I don't disagree that's what with he's that. Got. And we and we saw the Steelers not make the playoffs without Bell last year. Mm-hmm. And 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 as good as they're saying Connor is, I'm personally not very impressed with Connor. I think he's okay. I don't. I think oh. to use the term "good" to describe James. <laughs> he's a good. I thought he was okay, what? but he's was good, bro. Good. He's not. He's, he's not great, right. but he's good. Like damn. Hey, you know he ain't Le'Veon Bell. Shut up. Shut your mouth. I know he's not Le'Veon Bell. Listen, man. Listen, man. I know he's Le'Veon. But that's the point. I know that. I was just saying. I was just. I was just taking contention with the word "good." Like damn, bro. Just don't just. Fucking shit on him. Did he even get a thousand? Hey, yeah, we don't, hey, they shitting on Melvin Gordon. I think it's yeah. okay to shit on Connor. <laughs> hey man, I'm all about shitting on, on Melvin Gordon. He's he's, he's you know he's, I think, he's I, think he's, I, like, I think he's a really good running back. I really do. I think who, if he was a free who? agent, he'd get paid. Who you talking about? Gordon? Melvin Gordon? I think he was a free agent, he'd get paid. Yeah, I am saying uh, I don't I mean, think he would, is all right. That. You sure he got thousand yards last year, Connor? I yeah, he played. He, I think he did, bro. He played. All, yeah. He played all games. Yeah, I think he did. No, nah, he missed. He missed a couple. He missed a couple at the end of the year, but he, he had nine hundred thirty-three yards last year. So no, he did oh, not. Okay. Combine. Bill shot. Well, I thought receiving too, bro. He, he had like four hundred receiving. Oh no, nah, man, I, we ain't counting all purpose. <laughs> oh, please. This is, an, this is 2019, bro. We count all purpose here. There you go. All purpose. Said yards. Yeah, all purpose, John. Here we go. All purpose Listen, backs, bro. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here, here, here are the facts. He didn't rush for 1,000 yards. That's, that's the running back's first job, okay? His yes, run he didn't rush, he didn't, he didn't rush for 1,000 yards. Secondly, he didn't rush for 1,000 yards. Okay, that's the standard, right? That's, don't create a new standard. He, he that's got the standard. 1,000 yards, he didn't do it. Secondly, the team didn't make playoffs. Yards. Team didn't make it up. Wasn't good so, your team did not make the playoffs. So, so you know, bro, yeah, I, I, I just took it up to the James Conner comment, all right? Just let me be a fan, bro. Jesus Christ. You think I, I can't just like let that comment rock without saying anything? I'm still a fan, bro. Like, <laughs> it's the truth. But here, here's, here's, here's my point. Zeke may not have leverage as far as being able to go play for another team. Got it. But Dallas without Zeke is major. To me, it's even bigger than Pittsburgh without Bell because uh, even though we now have Cooper, Cooper ain't Antonio Brown. That so, is so not me... Ben Roethlisberger. So, so that's his leverage is, hey, this team was built. This team was built for Tony Romo originally. And they built a strong offensive line and a strong running game with the idea of protecting Romo, just like they tried to protect Aikman. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so and, and, the team yep. is built around Zeke. That's exactly so. So let me. So him. let me. Let me ask you. No, no. I, yeah, his. You right. He has. He has that leverage. He has a couple of things that that are not in his favor. One is. One is. Uh. You know, trying to stay out of trouble completely. Whether. Whether it, it sticks or not, it just it just doesn't look good in the news. You got to constantly explain yourself. And Jerry Jones has been sticking has been sticking by him through all of it. So my yep. question for you is is do you put any weight knowing 
If, if don't nobody know the, if I don't think anybody know the Cowboys, I think Tito the Cowboys. Do you put any weight in Jerry Jones' comments as it pertains to Pollard? Like, no. you know, we're gonna kick this season off with Pollard, no. or you think that's just smoke? Smoke. It's all smoke. It's all. Okay. It's all. It's all. Okay. Listen, Jerry Jerry Jones and people can say whatever okay. they want about Jerry Jones, but mm-hmm. if you think you're gonna out media him, out press him. <laughs> it ain't ever gonna happen. Zeke is, I, and that's why Zeke hasn't said anything. Because if Zeke tried to battle him in the press, Zeke will lose. You're not gonna outdo him in the press. It ain't gonna happen. He's been there. He's done that. I appreciated his comments when they started training camp and they had the interview. And I watched. It was about 17 minutes, and they went to Zeke, and he said, "Look, I'm not worried. This is part of the business. I've been doing this 30 years." This is this is what we do. I'm not worried. And I was like, wow. I hadn't even thought of that. I'm sitting here as a regular fan like, y'all got a sign seat. What are you doing? This is football. This is what we do. We go through this every year. I'm not worried. I was like, damn, he's right. Every right. year, this is what they do. They have a salary cap. They have star players. They got role players. How, how do we fit everybody under the salary cap? Then you've got players that say, I want this. You've got your structure that says, I can only say that. We work it out. Or sometimes we don't. It's part of the business. And I'm like, me of all people should get that. So once I once he said that to me, I said, okay, I'm going to chill. Now, when, when Jerry goes out and says anything, he knows exactly what he's doing. When he says, Zeke who? He was making a joke. But he was sending a message to. He said, "He's saying I want you to play on this team. We need you on this team. But son, don't push your luck. Don't push your luck. That's the message he sent. Ain't got nothing to do with Pollard. And ain't got ain't got zero to do with who they got backing them up. Zero. That don't matter. They could have they could have rookie Eric Dickerson backing up. It wouldn't matter. Jerry is very loyal. Ooh, you took it there. Eric Dickerson." The legend, man. I said it wouldn't matter. He's a legend. He's a legend. I'm saying it wouldn't matter. They could have Eric Dickerson or Troy Hambrick backing him up. Yeah, old former Cowboys suck. But it don't matter. He sent a message to Zeke. We want you. We're going to work with you. Don't get stupid now. <laughs> that was the message. Don't well, get I, stupid now. I will say I do appreciate his comment when he says, I earned the right to joke. I was like, Absolutely. you know what, Jerry Jones? If you ain't said nothing else, I agree with. I agree with that right there. <laughs> yeah, he earned the right and, and to jump. And when he said it, he wasn't smiling. No, he wasn't playing. No, he wasn't playing at all. No. So that's what makes words. I wonder if that was the agent or if that was really see. I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of like, who said it? Who really said she it? She was the agent. <laughs> Yeah, Zeke ain't saying a damn thing. And all of these people that are trying to battle um, Jerry Jones and the press are going to lose. Notice Zeke did something very smart, very smart. He allowed them to release his interview that he did before he held out. Don't think that's by accident, by the way, that now all of a sudden over the last few days, this interview that he did before he was um, 
went a holdout, and in it he said, I understand business. Heck, the greatest running back of all time, Emmitt Smith, ended up playing for a different team. But at the end of the day, I love the Cowboys, and I hope to play my entire career here. He did that on purpose. He's sending a message back to Jerry. I hear you, and I want to play. That's why I'm sitting here saying it's going to get done. My opinion, Zeke will be signed. It will happen, and Zeke will be on the field week one. That's that's what I think is going to happen. Now, so who takes the you know, who takes wrong? Who doesn't get paid this year? Because uh, the pie got smaller as soon as Jalen got his money. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, I mean, maybe, but Jalen they signed him to a long term deal. It was an extension. Um, so I, I I don't know the details of his contract. Um, so I, I'm not sure how his contract affected the pie. And they had said all along that there were other contracts that they were working on. So don't think all we're working on is Dak, Zeke, and Amari. There's other key players we're working on too. So I don't know that that long-term deal that they did affected the salary cap for this year that they're in. That I don't know, man. Maybe it did, maybe it did. No, I it, don't know. It, um, it's not – It's it's so it, it all depends on if it was looked at as an extension or as – Right. New money for the year, uh, but I will say I was perplexed when I heard that they actually offered all three. I believe they said top five salaries, yep. Yep. and all three turned them down. Head scratcher. Yep. Head scratcher. Because the yeah, only I, I one, see. the only one I felt like had a right to turn it down, if he wasn't number one, would be Z. Right. Well, I the think other two problem no. is. But here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Um, Zeke is where Zeke is because of Bell. Thank you, K Star. Um, Amari Cooper just saw Michael Thomas get twenty million a year. Now, I understand. Saying, and Amari Cooper saying, um, you know, I want, I, and I don't think he's expected to get twenty million, but I think he wants to be in that conversation because. Is Amari Cooper as valuable to Dallas as Michael Thomas is to the Saints? Maybe, because we saw Dallas go from three to three and five before Amari Cooper got there. Seven and one mm-hmm. when he got there. That's a huge turnaround and win the division. So he's got a rate to say, here's where you were before me with Zeke, and here's where you were after me. Pay me. And Dak, now we're talking market. And Dak is saying, Hey, look at what these guys are making. Look at what Carson Wentz getting paid. People say Carson Wentz is better than me, but he ain't, he can't beat me. and beat me yet. I've won the division two out of three years, and oh, by the way, he can't stay on the field. I can. And look at what he got paid. So that's the problem we have is we're looking around at all these other, you know, similar situations, and they're cutting these checks, and these guys are saying, where's mine? Now, the good news is, I think Dak is going to play this year no matter what. So yeah, I think yeah, if there was one that. contract that they could push off to the end of the year, it's Dak Prescott. And I think it, I, that will work out, and Dak will still get good money. Um, uh, Cooper's not going to sit out. He's playing. I don't think Cooper's going to sit out, but yeah, I, I, I don't know that. I, I don't know that. He, I, I think he's going to put pressure on them to get paid. He so will. I, I don't know. If, he will. I mean, I, I 
I, I, out of all the out of all the three contracts, if I did, if I wish to pick my choice of one that I would just go ahead and get done, and not even blink an eye, understanding hey, there's leverage on both ends, it would be it would be Z. It would be Z because yeah. I would I would I would force Amari to do it again. Don't I mean yep. you came in the middle of you, you came right in the middle now? of the you season. Mean, you mean you right came now? In the, like I, I mean like I mean like do it like do it again like show me show me that for a full season with my team. Show me that for part of the season. Yeah. Let us get to week ten and you still balling like that. Mar- hey, I'll go ahead and drop that money. Yeah, I'll say if Amari does it again, I think he's gonna want to get. I mean, yeah, Amari. Mari's a beast, man. If he does it again, then Mari should definitely get played. Too. I mean, he's. I, I think Dallas yeah. looked at it and said, "We can get him cheaper now, now than if he goes and does it again." And and Amari they can. said, "No, you can't." You. <laughs> I think Amari can. Yeah, he's can't. betting on himself. Um, so that's why Dallas said, "Well, let's try to do this now." You know, because yeah. think about this: they sign Z, they don't sign Amari, they don't sign Dak, they go win a Super Bowl. Lord have mercy. Oh. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So, um, all right. Yeah. Well, that, that was my topic. Y'all look like y'all y'all agreed on my topics. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. We we agreeing a lot. Our first show. We must have missed each other. Something. <laughs> we agreeing a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'll change. Don't get comfortable. It'll change. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm about to go to Case Star and see if he's got a topic. Don't say it was Andrew Luck. I don't want to hear that. No. Mine is about our ex-girlfriend, Antonio Brown. Mm. Antonio Brown. What the hell is going on? Antonio Brown, why? Why are you being this way? You're so many moons away. And today we sit here and say, Big Ben says, hey, bro. I just want to play. Antonio Brown says, no way. I got more shit to talk, and I have yet to walk on the practice field without a helmet. Fuck Antonio Brown. Let me start off this one by saying fuck Antonio Brown. I don't know if you guys missed it today or not, but um, on Sunday night football, uh, Ben was interviewed, and he was asked about Antonio Brown, and he had said that he – wishes he had handled the Antonio Brown criticism publicly uh, differently because he lost a friend. And Antonio Brown tweeted out today <laughs> tweeted out today that they were never friends. And um, you know it's funny because people were pulling up old tweets one that has a picture of them that says stepbrothers and them hugging uh, from January 26, 2018 of the Pro Bowl. Uh, him saying that Big Ben's his best friend on Twitter multiple times. And so it's like, bro, either you're a sociopath or you're just you're being so like fucking petty, bro. Like, what, bro, put your helmet on. Okay. <laughs> this new helmet on. And play ball, bro. That was trying to be nice and you still just talking shit. Like, what the fuck? You have anything better to do? Like, this man, I think, honestly, is upset because the problem when he looks at his helmet, it's not a Steelers decal. It's a Raiders decal. And he's like, oh, I got the wrong helmet. I got the wrong helmet, guys. It's, it's a Raider. It's not actually a Pittsburgh Steelers decal. Like, 
I'm watching this man, and it makes me actually it makes me sad because this is a guy who honestly he has a chance to go down as one of the best receivers of all time. Uh, his numbers are breathtaking, and, and he has a chance to you know be a top three stat compiler and and so many of those yards, receptions, so on and so forth. But like he, I, I'm just watching him like tarnish his own legacy in real time and becoming a joke. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Hard Knocks, but this guy literally, you know, put two grievances to the NFL about his helmet, threatened to retire, and now is 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 making more headlines just, like, being petty, you know, and talking shit about how they were never friends. Like, it's ridiculous. Antonio, get your shit together, bro. Like, do you hey. guys think this man's going to have a good season? Hey, man, you know what you sound like? <laughs> you sound like that dude who's dating this chick. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't necessarily treating you right, but, you know, you loved her so much, you know. Then she went on here and just went on to decide to just completely break away from you. Then she started talking shit about you, and now you mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mad, bro? You mad, right. <laughs> and I, every time I look at her, every time I look at her, she's a drunken man. She's falling on the floor. <laughs> And he still looks at pictures at night. So I said, I miss you, but uh, I can't stand your ass. Yeah. I see her. She's just throwing up all over herself. And that's why I look, when I look at Antonio Brown, I see him throwing up all over himself all the time now. Bro. So, hey, so, man. Let, let, me, let, let, me, let me say this. Um, who created the diva Antonio Brown? Because I, I think it's critical for any Steelers fan to have anything to say. When he played nine years for your team and did things like, you know, Facebook Live in the locker room and a whole host of other interesting things, and now y'all complaining, he's just being the same diva he's always been. He ain't changed. He, he, he hasn't changed. always been this way, though, bro. This is like a three-year, this has been like, like a last three years thing. I'm not sure what the hell's going on. He wasn't always this way. Your organization just kind of allowed it and turned the other cheek because of who he was. Yeah, I mean, social I players mean, get social treatment. We all know that. But he's gone now. Okay, so did, what's the complaining about? Now he's a special player for another he's team. Still, uh, just a special ed, maybe he's got helmet problem. All right? Like, okay. He. Hmm. It's not you guys. Let's be fair. There were a lot of players that had the same complaint about their health. He's the only one that took it to the level he took it to publicly. But there were a lot of players, Tom Brady included, who complained about the change in health. There there were several players that complained about it. Just nobody threatened to retire over it. But that's the problem. But why is it a problem now? Wasn't a problem. Wasn't a problem three years ago when he's Facebook Live and your coach. Well, it was a problem, right? It wasn't nipped in the bud good like, enough. I can tell you that much. Sure it wasn't nipped in the sure bud good enough. Because that's, that's the only thing oh, I can uh, think of right really? now is that locker room. That locker room. The, the, fact, the fact that all four of us have had so much respect for Mike Tomlin. And the yep. way he would approach the media, the way he would talk about his team, the way he took no excuses for any of that play on the field. And here they are 
getting ready for the playoffs, and their best wide receiver, who should be respect, who should be under all circumstances respecting what the coach is saying in the in locker room, it's on his phone, face, book, time, and the shit. Dog, they never nip that shit in the butt. And and, and why are we blaming the Steelers for this? You know. And Can we just say Antonio Brown's crazy? Why, why, why can't Antonio why, Brown be crazy, yo? Like, he's being crazy in Oakland, and you blame the Steelers for this shit? Am I hearing this right? Are you going to blame and, the Steelers for him right now? Yeah, I'm going to blame the Steelers because you allowed it. You can't. You can't yeah. Now he's not in the team. Now you want to play. You allowed it. I mean, Ben's That's like the most kid act a fool in high school, and then he go off to college. What you expect?
all, and all you got was a third round pick. <laughs> Arguably the best so, wide receiver in the league. <laughs> so here's an impromptu question. Right, Rob. Impromptu. And I'm going to recuse myself from this question. This will be for the three of y'all. Okay? Just thought of this question, but I think it's a great question that, to kind of wind down the show because I think we should start to wind down and uh, get geared up for next week's, uh, you know, real Indeed. football talk because we got football coming up. But last question of the night, last topic. I mean, if you guys have something burning you want to say, that's fine. But if not, this will be the last. Cause, and it just thought of this, and I, I want you three. I'm going to stay out of it. So it's going to be JBK Sign Train. Of our three respective teams, two of which did make the playoffs last year, one generally makes the playoffs every year, generally, just missed it last year, but generally makes it. Which team, and I'll let you answer this however you want to answer it, but which of these three teams do you think has the best chance of winning the Super Bowl this coming season? Damn, I, that must be a good one because y'all got quiet on me. <laughs> Man, let me be real. I got. I really have to like peel back the orange and blue real quick. It's hard. Trust me, I'm so, I got it on right now. You know, Whew. the orange and blue. Um, wow, which team? Um. It would definitely be the Dallas of Chicago. Um, I like the makeup of both teams. Um, they have uh, they have some strengths in similar places. Um, I'm just gonna get real football analogy here. I, I I'm going to give a slight a slight edge to to Dallas simply because of the offensive experience. Just a just a slight edge. I still think Chicago's defense is definitely better. Um but I also think Dallas has a defense that's good enough to win them a championship. I did not see the game against the LA Rams last year and I, I, I kinda hate it because I really don't understand how C J Anderson ran all over Dallas. I don't I don't get that. Especially with those two linebackers that was with Smith and um give me your guy's name. Give me his name. The other linebacker. Van Yeah. Especially with the way they were smacking everybody all season. And this this seemed like a game that would play to Dallas' strengths, and uh, they let them done Rams squeak by. <laughs> you know how I feel about them, but uh, I, I give Dallas the the slight edge because I think they have just a little bit, maybe a little bit better better balance with you know the experience of the guys that they have on offense. Like Zeke is the truth, Amari can ball. Dak, it was funny. Like I've all, I've always like, yeah, Dak, hey, I, hey, I, and literally, I'm watching the game against the Texans, and Dak is out there, and I'm sitting here, you know, like, man, Dak's suspect to turn that sucker over, and the dude steps up in the pocket, 
slides to his left, <laughs> throws back right, touchdown. I'm just like, oh, shit. The boy is growing. I love it. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, I love it. The boy is growing up. So that's just that's just my honest. It's, it'd be easy for me to say Chicago. It really is. But I I just be honest. I I just get a slight a slight edge to Dallas. I, if if it was a time, it would it would it's it's really their year. They got they they need all their horses to do it though. Like Z can't be sitting at home. So the question was of the three teams, who has the best chance to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Okay. I want to say the Steelers, but I'm going to say it's actually the Bears. The reason why I say the Bears over the Cowboys, and I want to recuse myself from the Steelers call, that we can just look at the Chiefs and Patriots and Browns. So I still think we have a chance to do it wrong. But the Bears, I think, has a slight edge over the Cowboys simply because um, – the division, I think, it's is more for the taking. I think they can acquire uh, the degree of difficulty in getting a higher seed will help them. Um, I think in the NFC, because if you were to take a bigger step back and ask who I think has the best chance of getting to the Super Bowl in the NFL, hey, hey, I think it might be the question. Eagles. Yeah, I know, but, but it still to my question. I know, but it still correlates. Hold on, hold on. It still correlates to the fact that I think the Eagles present a a, a really strong challenge to the Cowboys and the NFC East. The question was of our three teams, not just picking. You asked them totally different questions. Question was of our three teams, who has the best chance to win the Super Bowl? How do the Eagles fit into that question? They don't. Because my argument is, well, they do. You listen. I said the Bears play in the weaker division, and I think that gives them the slight edge. I don't really see the Vikings, Packers, or Lions as much of a threat as I do what Dallas has to contend with with Philly. And I think with with Chicago, um, I think their defense will still be pretty strong. I think I think both teams will be playoff teams for the record. I just think that, that Chicago has an easier time this year in acquiring a higher seed, which will, of course, benefit them. Uh, if they ever want to make it to the Super Bowl, because NFC is pretty tough. Okay. So you got one Bears, one Cowboys. JB, who you got? Oh, not to be a homer, but I'm going to say the Cowboys, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, the defense, I still think, is an elite defense. Um, I think, uh, Train, you touched upon the linebackers, Jalen uh, Smith and Van Rush. I, I really enjoy watching them. I think. Hopefully, Taco Charlton can really kick it up. He seems to be doing better uh, this preseason and, and training camp. Sounds like he had a good training camp. Expect um, Quinn to come back from the broken hand and, and uh, the war daddy, St. Lawrence. I expect him to play well in the secondary. Offensively, I think Zeke is going to come back. And, and I think Zeke is going to be the difference maker when, when I look at the Bears because they do have what seems to be a pretty good rookie running back. We won't really know until he gets out there. But when you look at mm-hmm. offense, the offense from the Bears to the Cowboys, I give the Cowboys the edge in the offense. Defensively, I would give the Bears a, potentially a slight edge, but that's it's, it's so minimal, it'd probably be splitting hairs. So the difference between the two is I think the Cowboys' offense would be more explosive, and that's why I would give them the edge in, out of the three going to the Super Bowl. 
Okay. So now I will answer it, but I wanted you guys to answer it first. And I don't mean to be a homer either. Um, I, I frankly think all three of our teams will make the playoffs. I think people are yes. sleeping on the Steelers. Um, they are. So I think, they are. Yeah, I, I do. I think when you have Ben and you've got Tyler and you've got a championship pedigree, I don't expect the Steelers to roll over. You got rid of what you would consider the cancers. So, you know, if Tomlin made a statement like that, similar to that, they got rid of the, the issues, the problems, whatever, however you want to phrase it. And you've got decent talent back behind those, those superstars that you had. And uh, I expect the Steelers to be competitive, and I expect – I don't expect the Steelers to roll over. So I expect the Steelers to – not ready to say win the division. We'll do that next week. But I expect you guys to get in the playoffs. I definitely – expect the Bears to get in the playoffs. I, I just I don't see how they can't um yeah. I don't think Minnesota's gonna be um I don't want to say much of an issue, but I don't think they're gonna be as good. I don't think as long as Kirk Cousins is a quarterback. What's that? <laughs> as long as Kirk Cousins is a quarterback, it's a death to win. Exactly. Uh, we already know Matthew, Matthew Stafford is a fast guy, he don't win. Um the, the issue there is, is Aaron Rodgers, and I think, you know, you guys made a statement last year. You won the division, and, you know, Green Bay didn't even make playoffs. And I think that's a great statement to build off of. So we'll see what happens this year. So I expect all three teams make playoffs. The reason, not being a homer, but just looking at it on a football level, uh, one, yes, this, this would assume that Zeke is come back week one ready to play. Um, I honestly think I agree with J.B., um, I'm not so quick. This I know Chicago had a stout defense last year, and Dallas came up and surprised everybody with its defense. I, I don't know, man. I mean, y'all got probably the best of all three teams. You probably have the best talent, uh, talent individually with Khalil Mack. He's probably the standout player of all three defenses. But when you look at talent across the board, man, I got to tell you, and I was blown away. I mean, I literally came home. Saturday night, and I'm exhausted after all the travel to get home, and um, stopped at the store, picked me up a sandwich, and sat here on my couch, and I didn't even unpack. I threw my suitcase on my bed. I came to my living room, turned on my TV, and I started watching the Cowboy game because it was, it was about halfway through, so I had unfortunately remembered to record it. And even though, okay, I get it. It's preseason. It's week three. Blah, I get all of that, okay? I'm not, I'm not a newbie. But 34 to nothing? Dallas hadn't had a preseason shutout since 1977. 1977. By the way, won a Super Bowl that year, but that's neither here nor there. But haven't had a preseason shutout since 1977. To let you know how rare it is that Dallas actually pitches a shutout. And when I'm watching and, you know, Lawrence isn't playing, Byron Jones isn't playing, you know, I'm, I'm sitting up, Quinn isn't, I'm sitting up there like, what? I'm looking at the – I'm watching, and I get it. It's a preseason game. But I'm watching the ferocity of these guys, including Taco. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it looks like a different defense, even different than last year. So it's going to be interesting because I know the Bears D ain't going to be no joke either. I'm not saying, like, y'all – it's going to be an interesting discussion as the season goes on to see which defense is actually outplaying each other. Um, but – so even if we say the defenses are wash, I think when you look at offense and, you know, Cooper and, and 
you know, you said it yourself, train Dak, taking another step in the right direction. He coming back. Travis Frederick, all pro center, back. No one, I'm going to tell you who's going to appreciate this, Tom Brady, who his center looks like might be out for the year with blood clots in his lungs. He's going to appreciate not having that reliable center because Travis Frederick was arguably, before he got hurt, before he had the illness, best center in the game. And they call him the president for a reason because he's so, like, he's so smart about the game. He takes so much pressure off of the quarterback, and he's back and he's healthy. And that's a thing a lot of people aren't talking about. So if Z comes back, I really, truly believe this is Dallas's best chance since probably 07 with T.O. And, and, and that team that went, I think, 12-4, um, 13-3, unfortunately lost, I believe, to the Giants. But I think this will be their best chance since 2007 to win a Super Bowl. And um, I, 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 my, my fear, my worry, my concern is Jason Garrett. Is does Jason Garrett have what it takes to coach a Super Bowl contender and get them to the big game. Coaching matters. Oh, coaching matters. It does. does. And he's got great assistants. He's got a great staff. I mean, they got Kellen Moore's offensive coordinator. We'll see how that works out. I'm encouraged, but we'll see. First year as an offensive coordinator, but long time Dallas, you know, played with Dallas, quarterback coach and that kind of stuff. They brought John. Mr. Continuity. Yeah. Continuity. Yeah. On the, on the coaching staff. Kittner's back. He played uh, uh, two or three times for Dallas. Um, he's not a quarterback coach. Wade Wilson passed away. May he rest in peace. Great guy, great coach, uh, good player, um, but he passed away. And so he's a new quarterback coach. So there's a lot of continuity. They, they last year fired that other stupid uh, offensive line coach. Colombo's still in there. So there's a lot good going on here. I'm just My worry as I look at the three teams and I pick Dallas, not as a homer, but just looking at the team. But my one worry is the head coach. And can he, yeah. when the time, you know, and when he's coaching against some of these better coaches in the league, the, the Paytons, the, the, the McVeighs, and, and, and some of these better coaches, can he hold his own when it comes to crunch time? We talk about the Rams last year and how the Rams, you know, manhandled Dallas and ran all over Dallas. Um, and a lot of that was they just ran all over Dallas. But I think a lot of that, to me, <laughs> was coaching, you know. Y'all remember that game a couple of years ago when Dak got sacked by that guy? I don't even remember his name. Played for Atlanta. Sacked Dak six times. What took them so Play long more. to make that adjustment? What took you so long? Coaching. Yeah. That's coaching, baby. That's coaching. You know, in-game preparation, you know, adjustments. We saw the Patriots go down 28 to yeah. And and, oh my gosh. Win. Patriots win because they were out coached. The Falcons were out coached second half. They didn't run the ball and take time off the clock. They decided to stay aggressive. And Belichick said, You go ahead and do that and keep giving us possession because we're going to keep getting that ball back and we're going to keep scoring. And guess what they did? They won that damn game coaching. So my worry is yeah. will Dallas have the right coaching at the right time and will Garrett make the right decisions at the right time to enable his players? to win these games that they need to win to get into the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. That remains to be seen. So, 
my that's a good question, T. That was a that that was a tough one. I'm, I, my biggest thing with my team is uh, as much as I'm excited about the offense and what we can do, I don't. I simply don't know. You know, but I've seen I've seen Dallas offense click. Like I've seen Dak play playoff football and 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 get a and get a game in. Like I, I've seen these guys ball. I haven't seen that on my team offensively. You know, we're supposed to be better. We 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 might be better, but until I see it, I got to base off what I know. So, speaking of comments, a couple of comments on you guys' teams, I think both of the Cowboys and Bears should progress offensively this year. Um, train, as you know, I mean, Allen Robinson's coming. This is the second year. I'm thinking to be a torn beast. ACL. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, to be a beast. Second year. Yeah, and Anthony Miller, the second-round draft pick from a year ago, uh, yep. follow up. Year, a chance to develop. Yep. Yeah. I love him. So I, I think the Bears have a potential, and David Montgomery. Like for me, the Bears should be better on the in the ground on the ground game, more balanced. Oh, I yeah. think that they got rid of Jordan Howard and got brought in Montgomery because they didn't want to telegraph their plays. Whenever Cohen was in, people knew they were passing. Whenever Howard was in, they teams expected to run. So exactly. Hmm, um, yeah, I think I think the Bears will be uh, get better on offense, and Nagy's a pretty good offensive mind. And I believe the Cowboys brought in Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's what you yeah. said. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, he he seems like he'd be a creative guy. Uh, he had a pretty cool offense. He helped uh, facilitate the quarterback at what he did. Um, but at any rate, I mean, Gallup's the second year as well, just like Anthony Miller in Chicago. Obviously, Mari Cooper. I mean, you guys know the names. The fact of the matter is, I think both of those offenses are going to be a take a step forward this year, and um, those defenses should should either maintain their their high level play, or or even the Cowboys uh, on the Cowboys and probably even get better. Well, we'll find out who the shit is on Thursday at five twenty-five on December fifth. Bring it! They uh, coming to the Windy City. Whoa. Mariah, yes, sir. <laughs> Are we supposed to be scared? Oh, I don't know what you're supposed to be. <laughs> I don't care what you're supposed to be. I just know. Right now, I just know you got a whole lot of shit talking that week. Indeed, it's a long season. It's a long season. Um, let's just hope we're all still relevant when we go into December. Okay. Um, I know, right? So we're looking at lottery picks. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to think because, you know, we haven't, I think it's been rare since we've all been hosting the show that all three of our teams have made the playoffs. Yeah, it's not it's been, been one rare. single time. It's, what? It hasn't happened one. It hasn't happened one single year. Okay, well, there you go. You ain't getting no more rare than that. So, um, <laughs> the time is now, fellas. The time is now. Yeah, I think the time is now because then, then we really got a lot of shit to talk in the postseason if we all three get there. Um, but I think oh, yeah. most years it's been two out of three teams um, or one out of three. Uh, you know, Kate starts sitting over there licking his chops and me and Trains and then looking at each other like, well, I got that set. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Those days are over, Yeah, yeah it, I think so, man. I... Uh oh, did we lose T? 
And he got so excited he knocked himself out. Oh wow. Wow. But hey, just to continue what he's what he's saying, like, uh like I, I guess, you know, especially since I know you guys, I think about our, our, our three teams and like even though I think your road may be tough, K Star, not so much because of uh one, yeah, you, you do have a tough division. Like the Ravens will be battling with you, yeah. Browns will be battling with you, but you got some other AFC teams that are also coming. You know what I'm saying? Kansas City, Chargers. I honestly think Denver gonna surprise some folks. I don't think folks are will be are going to respect Big Fangio's way of coaching and they will see like them boys will be running through a brick wall. Uh, and of course, the Patriots will always will always be there. And you're gonna have somebody come out of that AFC uh, AFC South. Uh, definitely not Indy, but you're gonna have somebody <laughs> come out of there trying to make some noise. And maybe Nick Foles with the Jags, and maybe Deshaun Watson if he can stay off his back. But uh, as far as the NFC goes, like I'm loving my team. I like what I see in Dallas. I'm not afraid of the Saints. Not afraid of all this stuff they pumping up under the Eagles, all this stuff they pumping up <laughs> under the Rams. I mean, they are really gassing these teams, man. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I think, I think Philly. I think Philly's gonna be good. Um, I don't yeah. know. Should be solid. It, it, Philly's always gonna be dependent upon Wentz, and because yep. I'm not a big yeah. fan of Sudfeld, and I think he broke his hand or something like that. So. Um, yeah, they brought in Josh McCown now. Yeah, <laughs> as their backup. Yeah, and you, but you know what though, and I heard a lot about McCown. It, it, not so much his ability physically, but his knowledge between his ears. And if he can be in Wentz's ear, that's a scary dude. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I'm I'm trying to tell you, he would <laughs> be the ultimate quarterback coach or offensive coordinator, something along those lines, because I think he's got so much knowledge. At some point in time in your career, whether you're a a great player or a backup or what have you, it's the knowledge that you've been able to develop over the years and understand what it takes to be an NFL quarterback, and he's got that. You look at what happened with Sam Darnold. He really helped him out, if I'm not mistaken, before he thought Mm -hmm. he was going to hang it up, and then Philly came back calling. So if Wentz can stay healthy – McCown, believe it or not, will probably be that team's X factor just because of how much information he can stick in the Wentz. So if, if Wentz stays healthy and everybody else plays up to their capabilities, Philly's a team to watch out for. I'm, I'm a little – I got my eye on them. The Giants ain't worried about the Redskins. I'm not worried about either. But Philly I am when it comes to my specific division. Um, you mentioned they train or, or – or, or, okay, so one of y'all mentioned Foles in Jacksonville. That's going to yeah, be I did. Very, very okay. That's going to be very interesting because hey, hey, a couple yeah. of things. Can I, there can I he is. Yeah, yeah, I'll send back. But can I say <laughs> one thing? Next up, week we're going to get into divisions and all that, so let's not. Yeah. Let's, all right, let's not all right. Well, we lost so we we know what yeah, to talk yeah. about, man. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we was running, bro. We was running like somebody chasing. We're trying, bro. We're trying. I will say this. Um, I, just one comment to you, JB. You keep saying if Carson Wentz stays healthy, that's a big if since the last two seasons he got hurt. So it's no true. care who's buzzing in his ear, being on the field, it don't matter. No, so and, and 100% agree. Row, I'm just assuming right. that if if he is healthy, then that's that's the the difference. Obviously, if he's not healthy, he's not on the field. It makes no difference. But right. at some point, hopefully, if you're an Eagles fan, 
he stays healthy. That's that's really where I was coming from. Right. And I agree. It, it is a big if because we haven't seen him play a full 16-game season yet. Right. Okay, so right. who did who didn't say their final thoughts? I don't think uh, we just got to run it. We just got got to run it. I'll just go ahead and say mine really quickly. Uh, excited about the talk next season. You know, kicking off the season with uh, Bears versus you know Packers. Packers coming to the Bears, so I'm excited to talk about that and how we gonna punch uh, Aaron Rodgers in the mouth. So uh, y'all save it all for next week, man. Save it all for next week. Okay. Uh, JB? Uh, real quick, great way to start the, the, the season with this show. I'm expecting many more. Expecting our team to play well. So um, I'm glad we had this, uh, this discussion tonight, quarter after 11, and I'm still on in fifth gear, ready to keep cruising. But looking forward <laughs> to more of this. Okay. And K-Star, did you already say yours or no? Nah, but you know what? It, I just wish we could fast forward to next Tuesday because I'm very excited for the next show and excited for, excited for the week leading up, man, to that first NFL Sweet Sunday. So I'm just excited for next week. Let's, let's make this happen. Yeah, I really don't have anything to add. Um, you know, uh, I didn't even – I mean, it, we got so into the show, man, I didn't even do – Bruh. You know, I didn't do any of my little, you know, fillers and, and uh Dilly Dilly. You know what I mean? I got I got so many fillers that I didn't I didn't uh I didn't use, you know what I mean? We talking about <laughs> practice. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Yeah, you know, I mean and, and and, and, and finally, one of my all-time favorites. I don't know. I don't know. I just think I'll always like this one. No, no, no. You, you don't want me to go much further. <laughs> go right ahead. Ask the question. Vernon, Vernon just uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And um, we cannot make. We cannot make decisions that cost the team and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No. You know what? I, I, this is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with ten people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else rather than play with eleven when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Love that one. Mm. So, so I love Diddy Green. Week, <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Hey, okay, hold on. I like Diddy Green. Mike Singletary, bro. The late, the late, the late. The late Denny Green. Let's give him some love too. Okay. We, we just uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what we thought they were. <laughs> we played them in preseason. Who the hell takes the third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. 
and we let him off the hook. <laughs> Woo! Hey, all right. We take third. We take third games and preseason like they bullshit now. <laughs> <laughs> Next year ain't gonna be no third game of the preseason. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, uh, I like the energy, guys. I like the enthusiasm. Let's keep it. Let's maintain it. Uh, each week, I'm gonna ask each of the hosts to come up with one topic that they want to talk about. I think that gives us a little a little flexibility, and it allows you guys to talk about it from where you're sitting. And I like the fact that we stayed away from being, you know, I mean, obviously the Dak and the Zeke stuff been in the news. We had to cover that a bit. But I like the fact that we also went and talked about a lot of the other main stuff, and I want to keep I want to keep doing that. And uh, obviously any major stuff we're just going to cover, any huge breaking news, you know, Gronk comes out of retirement or, you know, something like that. Obviously, you know, we don't, don't even add that to the list. We're going to talk about the major stuff. But next week, let's dig in. Let's look at the division, and um, let's make some predictions based on, you know, roster. The, the final preseason games are this weekend. They don't really mean much other than the last people trying to get their job um, or keep their job or get their job. And then the rosters, I believe, Saturday, I think, is when the final rosters have to be due. But don't quote me, but I thought I heard, I heard Saturday. But very soon will be the final rosters. So by Tuesday, we'll know who's on what team. Um, I'd say by Tuesday, if Zeke is assigned by Tuesday, he ain't playing uh, the first game. It just You can't come in Thursday or Friday and then they throw him out there. It's not going to work because, as you guys know, they're going to install the game plan and all of that. And if he, ain't, if he ain't on the field, then he's not part of the game plan. So, um, so my point is I think we'll be able to do two things next week. We can talk about any pressing issues that we want to cover. We can make some division predictions, and we can go back and do our, um, you know, our key games uh, pick them. Now, somebody on on our um, Madden Voice Facebook page, which I appreciated the question, uh, and I think it's a friend of yours, Train, asked if we were going to do NFL pick them this year. Uh, we kind of didn't really do it last year, and I guess we don't have to make a you decision gotta do it. tonight. But let's think about whether we want to do it. And if so, I'm going to ask all of you, JB, Train, K-Star, to let your networks know. Because if we're going to do something like that to make it fun, the more people that sign up and do it, the more fun it is. If it's just us yep. and five of the people, it ain't worth it. But if we can get okay. like when we first did it, we had like 20, 25 people, you know. And then the numbers dwindled, and then I'll laugh, it ain't worth it. But if we can go back to having good numbers and a lot of people wanting to pick games every week, it, it's more fun. And then we can even talk about that during the season, you know? Yeah. So you set, so set it up this weekend and I'll, I'll get it out. All right. I'll set it up. Yep. Done. Easy. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, thank you gentlemen. We went a little longer, but I appreciate the, like I said, the energy and the enthusiasm. Football's almost here. I hope everybody has a great, holiday weekend um do something fun do something with your family or your loved ones or do something for yourself have a great weekend if any of my jamaica companions happen to listen to the show i hope you enjoyed it was in jamaica last week had a great time group of us 29 people went down great time and uh a lot of them said they were going to tune in i don't know if they did or didn't if you are out there i hope you enjoyed the show if you're not out there well then you're not out there so on that note for uh 
JB and K-Star and Dr. Train. We are out of here, but we will be back next Tuesday. And guess what? When we come back next Tuesday, we will be less than 48 hours away from kickoff. Wow. And I believe, Ooh. Train, it is, the first game is Bears and Packers. So my, right? my only thing is that what I do uh, Yes. 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 Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Here we go. So, everybody have a good time. Everybody have a good night. Everybody have a good holiday. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Remember, never changes. All feuds settled on the field. Good night, everybody.